And we are live. How's it going, guys? It's me, Brandon Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Hicks. Guys, it is the season finale of uh, the pop culture section of season two. It's a huge, huge night. We've got four big things to talk about, as well as a little news snippet. Uh, and then a little, little, little trinkets here and there. Uh, but this is this is an incredible episode to end off uh, the season. So we're not going to waste your time. We're just going to get right on into it. Um, you know how it goes. Um, but before we do anything, you guys already know we are very, very grateful for you guys. Um, so as always, we start our, all of our episodes off by saying thank you. Thank you guys so much just for being dedicated to us this season. Uh, we really grew. Uh, this season that's something yeah. we're definitely proud about and we're going to definitely uh, try to uh, utilize our time off because as y'all know we take a week break after our uh, after the end of our season just to look back and see what we can improve on and also look at our strengths and I think we definitely acquired new strengths as we went through this new season so we are very proud of that but we couldn't have done that without y'all so thank you guys so much we will get y'all Y'all, details about season three uh, coming soon. We will get to y'all as soon as possible mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. Details of that matter. But uh, for now, let's go ahead and finish this season two pop culture well. Let's do it well. That was a mouthful. But <laughs> we got this. I'm excited. And uh, we we ended up. Waiting a, an extra day, kind of like we did last week, but this time we waited because Tommy got an early screening of yet another movie. Tommy's mm-hmm. just coming in clutch with these early screenings. Tommy, what movie movies will we will we be covering today? Because it's October's yeah. coming to an end, and October was absolutely a big month and lived up to the hype. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon, for all those words. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. You really hit. Hit the uh, hit the nail there. Um, yeah, I guys, I got a uh, last minute early screening of Last Night in Soho. Uh, I think this film is already out overseas. If not, there's just a few like people who got an earlier screening than I did. Uh, a very small handful. Other than that, I'm pretty sure it comes out nationwide, at least here in the USA, US of A, um, this Friday, Friday the twenty seventh, um, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Yeah, so I got an early screening to Last Night in Soho, um, and then this was planned, but I also got an early screening to uh, The French Dispatch, which was out in some smaller theaters, but it will be out nationwide um, on the 28th as well. Um, So I got two early screens for that, and then you guys know last week I got an early screening to Dune, which Dune has just grown. I I don't know if you've seen, uh, I don't know if it's all over your feed, Brandon, but like Dune has been, it's been popping off. It's been living up to the hype. Um, so yeah, I got to see, I got to see Dune early, which was confirmed that there would be a part two, which is awesome. Um, kind of knew it was coming, but was was a little nervous too, because of the box office. Um, but yeah, it's been, I mean, honestly, like I don't get emotional, never been emotional on the show and I, and I, and I won't get emotional, I'm sure (laughs) for a long time, but it is emotional from like, uh, like, uh, you know, saying goodbye to a friend. Because and saying goodbye to a friend that you knew was only going to be in town for a couple of days. Because, you know, guys, on our very first 
episodes, like very first few episodes, we talked about the powerhouse of October, how big October is going to be for film. It's going to be a benchmark for theater releases, not only post pandemic, but just ever. Um, and man, it did not disappoint. I have loved every single film that I have seen uh, in the month of October. And there, there's a few that were just okay, but there were, I really couldn't give you a bad film uh, that came out in October. So let's get right on into it. Last Absolutely. night in Soho. Um, last night in Soho came out tonight at seven for my early screening. So if any of you other guys that are watching this, that uh, if any other you know critics are seeing this and you guys got an early screening, make sure to DM us. Let us know what time you're watching. I'm actually curious to see if they all release at the same time. But uh, that's more of a more of a general thing. But yeah, it came out at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock on the dot. Uh, the silver screen was lit, and I was watching the film. So this stars uh, Thomas and McKenzie. She's in films like Jojo Rabbit and recently Old and Matt Shyamalan's Old. Um, and then Anya Joy Taylor. Uh, who was in The Witch, and she was she's in she's been in a lot of films, honestly. On Anya uh, Joy Taylor, but her her she was the lead in The Witch, um, and that's probably the best introduction to her filmography. Mm-hmm. Which um, basically two very young, you know, close to our age, um, sort of, but <laughs> a little bit older than us, but still pretty fairly close. Uh, you know, young female leads in this film, so that was exciting. Um, as well as Matt Smith, he he was the third lead kind of in this film, so that was pretty cool. He's in uh he's in the Crown, um, but that that's just you know that's who was in the film. So last night in Soho, it's directed by Edgar Wright. He did uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's a very fun film, and he also did Baby Driver. Wow, which a lot of people have seen. Yeah, and then he did uh, he's he's very big on British comedy, so he also did Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Okay. So it's kind of ring ring a bell, but uh, Edgar Wright is he doesn't have he doesn't have a whole lot of films, but most of his films are pretty well praised. Like there's he doesn't he hasn't really doesn't really have any misses. So last night in Soho is it a miss or is it one of those films that's gonna go down as just Edgar's legacy? In this film, it was awesome. It was incredible. I, I love last wow. last night in Soho. Um, and it it I was sitting there in the theater and I was like. Because this was advertised as a as a thriller, you know, if you saw the trailer and even the poster, uh, it was kind of advertised as a as a thriller. But it was kind of a slasher, and it was kind of a horror film. But it was also kind of a comedy, and a romance, and a mer- and a mystery, and a noir mm-hmm. film. So it was like, it, it was a little bit of everything. This Nuts. film, yeah, it was it was really neat. I really liked that a lot. I mean, if you're whatever, you know. Fan, you know, whatever genre you're a fan of, last night in Soho delivered, and I was very, very happy uh, to see a film like that in the theater, especially post pandemic when we we were kind of at a maybe a crossroads is a good is a good word for uh, innovation as far as filmmaking goes. A lot of adaptations, a lot of re- live remakes. I'm looking at you, Disney, um, that just weren't doing very well. There was no there was no innovation. There was there was yeah. no just carbon copies, really. Yeah, it just wasn't fresh in the film world. Film world—that's a good word. It just wasn't fresh. But last night, so brings in a breath of fresh air, and it, and it was awesome. I've never seen a film like this. Uh, Edgar Wright wrote the screenplay for it. Um, as for flaws, it, there were some ideas that didn't. It's not that they didn't stick because I understood them, but I didn't quite see how it fit with the narrative. Um, and then also, the film felt a little long. 
the, the pacing was incredible for the whole film. So the pacing's not the issue. It's just that the film, I was like, eh. I, when, I, when I got done with the film, I was like, okay, that part didn't have to be in there. Um, there were, it, it, you could have chopped it down to maybe, you know, 10, 15 minutes less. But everything that was in the film was gorgeous. And I loved everything that was in the film. Like, it was nice. It just wasn't necessary is what I'm trying to say. Um, but man, this film was awesome. It was a breath of fresh air. Uh, I'm not going to give you the plot because it, it's just one of those films you got to go into blind because it's just a WTF kind of film. Uh, but it's really fun. It's kind of like a teen drama in a sense. Um, a very warped and twisted teen drama. And I'm a sucker for teen dramas. Uh, yep. Mid-90s, 8th grade, Lady Bird, Edge of 17. Um, so, it, I mean, if you're a fan of those films, you got to see this one. But if you're just a fan of film in general, you, you got to go see Last Night in Soho. It's, it's I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's just a breath of fresh air in the film world. It's a new, innovative movie, and we and it, and it just stuck, man. And I'm so happy, proud of uh, Edgar Wright, and I was, I'm so blessed to be able to see this early because it was my most anticipated of the year um, after The Green Knight, this and Licorice Pizza. So this film, it, it definitely lived up to the hype. It wasn't horrible at all. Um, on a grading scale, on a, on a grading scale, I give it an A-, minus. give it an A- minus because of those two flaws. Um, but other than that, like this is definitely a film I'm getting the first day the Blu-ray drops because it's one that you got to watch every year on Halloween. It's one of those films you just watch with the family or with friends. Uh, man, so many so many great ideas introduced in this film, and I loved it. So, Last Night in Soho gets an A-. It's a great film. Nice. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, once again, I sound like a broken record, but A Breath of Fresh Air, which is so rare in cinema nowadays. But yeah, that was Last Night in Soho, so let's get into the next topic here. You, Season 3. The Netflix wow. series, not just you. Netflix series. <laughs> not just you, true. It is spelled uh, Y-O-U, so spelled normally. But uh, yeah, you, season three. And I was not planning on watching this, um, but I wanted to, as you guys know, I went to visit, visit uh, Brandon in Dallas. And uh, he didn't make me, make is not the word. He didn't make me watch it, but he was like, I want to watch this. You can either watch it with me or you can you can do your own thing. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll sit in for a few episodes, see what's up. Man, let's talk about you, bro, because it is... That is just, it was, okay, I'm going to let you go. You guys just heard me kind of go on a spill about yeah. last night in Soho. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Brandon go first on this one. And I'll obviously tag team with him. But Brandon, like, first couple of thoughts. What are you thinking about you season three? Man, uh, one thing that I got to say is that it was kind of slow at the beginning and midway through um, the season was pretty slow for me. It was really fast at first. Like, it, things got really dicey yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. As yep. we know. And um, then it got kind of slow towards the middle. Not Nothing really that exciting. And they were kind of desperate on some plot hole on pl- <laughs> some plots. Yeah. As we discussed uh, together. But, oh, my gosh. The end was so, Wild. so good. And it's so good because, once again, it is original. Yes, Joe. And spoiler alert. Sorry. Like, right. We're going to get it's been yeah. a few weeks. It's been a few weeks now, y'all. So we gave y'all time to watch it. So yeah. if you don't want to yes. listen to this, go back, watch it and come back here. But <laughs> Joe gets away again. Yep. You know, and he's done it in a different way every single time. And it's not like Dexter where it's like completely predictable, you know? Because I, I have not seen Dexter, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. 
because yeah, Dexter is a similar story. Dexter is a story about like an actual serial killer, while Joe is yes by term serial killer, but more so a psychological abuser. Right. It, it, great, that's great a better terminology. It. That kills occasionally. I know that sounds silly, but you got to watch the show to really understand. But uh, he gets away again, and it ends really well. And I am hooked, and I want to watch season four. I want to see what they bring. Uh, so I'll just go through the things that I liked. I liked the direction they went at the end. I think it was different, and I think it was uh, pretty shocking just the way they went. Uh, the cinematography, as always, I know Tommy can attest to this. Yeah. It is beautiful in this show. It is probably, out of all the shows, it is probably one of the best shot shows that Netflix does. Oh, yeah. As far I won't as even cinematography argue goes, the experimental uh, cuts, the, the blurred backgrounds and everything, you know, mm-hmm. the way they do things, it's just pretty new in the landscape of Netflix because it's mm-hmm. truly a movie on the small screen with 10 episodes in it, you know? Yeah. So I really like that. And then, gosh, I don't like her character, but man, oh, man, Gwyneth. Paltrow, I think it's her name, who plays Love. No, uh, oh. Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. I think she plays Potts. Oh, yeah, the, that's my uh, bad. That's my, Victoria Pendretti. I don't know how I got this name. <laughs> but um, but Victoria, Pendretti, Victoria Pendretti plays Love Quinn. She is probably the best actress in this entire series. Oh. I know she, she was only in season two and season three, but man, she is incredible you really think it's like with joe you can you've kind of seen pim badgley play on gossip girl so he's just kind of he's not really that creepy dude known as that creepy dude all the time like once mm-hmm. you see him in this way you always think he is but like he really isn't like he plays a very sympathetic man in gossip girl but in this show he's a creep but victoria pentretti you really believe that the actress is actually like that when really she's not in reality but like she plays the part so well that it's just so real you could just feel it and uh just man it was i think it was great all around i would rate it 7.5 out of 10 and out Mm. of the three seasons i would rank this at second so i would go season two at number one uh Season three at number two, and then season one at number three, if that makes sense. So I liked it. Wasn't better than season two. Season two really changed things up. And gosh, like that one caught everybody. Like the shocker at the end that love the whole time was just like Joe. But mm-hmm. she was doing it behind the scenes and was a lot shiftier than Joe. And there's just a lot of other things that we could get into in just a minute, but I want to hear Tommy's thoughts. I don't want to go on a big, too big of a spiel. Mm-hmm. Tommy, what are your thoughts of what I just said? Mm-hmm. And like, what were your thoughts of the show? Yeah. Great introduction, Brennan. Yeah. I, I honestly agreed with pretty much everything that you said. I, season one, I watched the first half of half of season two and I honestly, I didn't get bored. Maybe I should have plowed through it just because, you know, you said it's the best. I want to, now I'm like really interested, but uh, I, I I watched the first half of, half of season two and they go through a recap at the beginning of season three. So I was honestly so up to speed with everything. The only thing that uh, I didn't quite understand was for, like 
who forty was because he was only yeah. in season two, yeah. um, and he was he wasn't a huge he didn't have a huge role in season three, but like there were which like when she was in the bathtub and she was texting yeah. him and then she saw him yeah. like there were parts where I was like okay if I knew forty more as a character, I might you know feel yeah. for love more, but um, still though I I got I understood everything in season three, um yeah yeah let's talk about it though so. I knew we were going to review this when we first started watching it because we talked about it. And here's the first thing I wrote down in my notes app, um, which there's a lot because <laughs> there's a lot to unpack with this show, but this is the first thing I wrote down. I said, I said, uh, let me... so okay. I said, the show is called you because it's never about Joe. Wow. Joe is just our voice. And so Joe never goes me. He, Joe, you hardly ever hear Joe say me, me, me. He only says you, 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 which is obvious that, you know, it's, it's not a huge thing, but that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to say is it's never Joe's fault. It's not my fault for killing this person. It's not my fault for being abusive. It's yeah. your fault. It's you. You're yeah. the reason I'm killing people. And it's like, yes. whoa. Like, that's the main thing I got from season three. It, the show isn't called you because he goes, who do I want? I want you. Yeah. It's really you called you. It, you would think it'd be about that. Right. You know? Yeah. But it, it's really called you because it's always your fault. It's because of you, um, mm-hmm. which is so false, obviously. But like, man, that makes for some great TV. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, but geez, man. So. A character I like hated at the beginning was Sherry, played by Shalita Grant. Like she was really annoying, um, but then I like really fell in love with with Sherry. She was just like at first I didn't like her. She was really over the top, and not because Shalita Grant, you're an incredible actress. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm talking about your character here. Uh, she was way over the top. Whenever she was on the screen, I was really annoyed, and she was fake. Obviously, when it came to the murder of Theo's mom, what was Theo's mom mom's name? Uh, Natalie. Natalie, yeah. She was like obviously fake when it came to the murder of Natalie, like hashtag, you know, whatever, Team Natalie or whatever. But um towards the end of the season, she was like she it was like seeing a friend you haven't seen in a while. When she was on the screen, it felt like a nice warm hug. I was like, okay, finally, someone I can come back to that's like even though she's insane, like not insane at all, sorry. Even though she's annoying, she's like one of the most sane characters, <laughs> which is saying something because she's crazy. Um, but man, dude, uh, and then Mary Ann. So here, here's my issue though. And here's why the show, I would agree with your rating. I would agree. You said seven and a half out of 10. Yes. Okay. I, I usually go with letters. I would give it, I'd give it a solid B, maybe even a B plus. Yeah. Um, and I, and I give that this because here's the thing, Mary Ann. So, so, uh, Toddy Gabrielle is her name. The actress Toddy, you like, Taddy, Toddy, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sorry if you you know listen to this, but like you're a great actress. This is not a not what I'm about to say is not a knock on your acting. You are incredible, and I hope to see you in more projects in the future. Marianne, like you're just a librarian with a douchebag ex-husband. I don't, yeah. I really don't see what Joe was so into with you. Yeah. Like why would Joe went through all that trouble just to be with you, but then to not really be with you it's just like i don't know it was just like i don't know it, it, i was like really this is who this is who we're going for now these last couple episodes we're going for marianne i mean yes. power to you but like 
imagine if he was going for like Sherry. That would have been like a, a really fun and interesting show. Like, cause she's like really over the top and annoying, but he falls in love with her, which I guess somewhat happens right in season in uh, episode eight, which we will get to. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. But I was kind of like Marianne's just so meh of a of a character. Yeah, she's a cool girl. I would be friends with her in real life, but is she worth all this? Like, like what is Joe doing? What do you I think, think it's. That, I think it's. Uh, so in this one, Joe was intellectually into this girl. So we just looking at Joe's previous relationships with these with all these girls. Yeah. So we look at Guinevere. Well, we start with. Uh. uh what Beck. Do you call it? No, not Beck. Before Beck, her. Right? Uh, Are you talking Candace, about the season three, Candace, Candace season one, season one, Candace, okay. the girl, the girl that was that's uh, loosely mentioned throughout the show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So Candace, we see that he's really just uh, visually attracted to her. The way he bumped into her, he just like saw her, thought she was cute, and just went from there. Same with Guinevere Beck. He was just obsessed with the outside and tried to change her from within. Uh-huh. Which is how we saw him kind of molder into like a a martyr, really, yeah. for uh, for her work, and she became the world famous writer because of Joe. It True. wouldn't have happened because of Joe, and I know that sounds terrible, but like that's how the show paints it. And then we see Love, and we see this is the first girl, and yes, Joe had a relationship with another lady in season one, one of his. Uh, neighbor's friends but she, I think he that was a phase he was just uh, getting over Guinevere Beck but the next one love Joe is intellectually into her because she is different she is uh, she's really loving. just him in female form yeah she him and yes he thought so but not in the way that he thought right and then it ended up being his car his carbon copy in female form. That's literally what it was. Yeah. And then Delilah, again, just a girl that, like, that he was into physically. So that doesn't really count. It's not really a relationship. So he has to stick with love. And it's somebody that he's not in love with because it reminds him too much of himself. Because to Joe, in his mind, he is not a bad person because he kills for those in whom he loves. Yeah. He doesn't kill because... Like he's trying to for the thrill of it, you know, which is like a really serial killer tactic. Yeah, they kill for the thrill. Well, I wouldn't even say Joe really does that. Joe. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he doesn't kill for the thrill. Yeah. Yeah. And then so he meets this girl, Natalie, and he likes her for her intellectualism. But first episode in which i love that they killed her off for episode first episode i thought that was real because they were hyping her up in the trailers and i was like okay here we go and that and she was in the last scene of season two to hype up the next season like he was looking at her through uh a crevice in his backyard yeah he was checking her out from afar so we're like okay who's this new girl (laughs) <laughs> and then she gets murdered for the first episode. So I, I thought that was cool how they did that. And then he meets Marianne. And Marianne to Joe, like, this is not, like, I'm not going to comment on uh, Marianne's looks, but Joe is attracted to her, obviously. But this is the first girl, in my opinion, 
that Joe is fully in love with. Hmm. Because this girl doesn't have any skeletons in her closet. She does, but Joe looks at him. He's like, okay, this isn't really that bad. Yeah. <laughs> she had some drug use in her past, but he sees that she's uh, abused by her ex ex-husband. And yeah, and he is intellectually in love with her. The conversations that they have while they're in the library and just about all the books and everything and how much time they spend together. Joe, because let's let's not forget the first girl Joe saw was Natalie. And Natalie left that book for Joe, was flirting with him loosely, invited him over for, to, for a drink. That was the first girl that Joe noticed. But then as he got to know Marianne, they like he became he fell in love with her because of their intellectuality with each yeah. other but uh yeah yeah sorry sorry to go on that spiel but um yeah so that that's basically my response uh long Marianne, story short it sounds yes. like that's why he's in a, you're you're yeah. dancing around a theory as to why he's in yes. Marianne which is a very I think that theory's a, a great theory. It's the first girl he's in love with because she doesn't have skeletons in her closet. I mean, drug abuse, big whoop, and then she's got a kid already. Well, so does Joe, and then yeah. uh, she has those like nude pictures, I guess. But she was yeah. married to the guy she sent them to, so like that's yeah. totally okay. Yeah, she sent them to him, you know, because you're yeah. married. Like, yeah. So that's a very yeah, that's a very good theory, and and. There's the thing. The best thing about theories is that there's theories aren't right or wrong. You know, I mean, even if I was like, "Hey, I have a theory that grass isn't green; it's actually blue," but humans can't comprehend. Yeah. Like well, it'd be like, do it'd be like, okay, you're like that's a really outrageous statement, but I guess it's not wrong to a sense, right? But um, what? But what makes it, yeah. you think I'm wrong in this sense? Just to put it in shorter term. To put in shorter terms, like why do you think? Why do you disagree? Oh, I, I guess I don't disagree. I just, I, I just am looking for more. You, yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree. It's just like okay, if that's the reason, like really, like yeah. her, bro. Like there's not someone that's like a little more exciting. Like I get it, like sexy librarian. That's pretty cool, but like. <laughs> like yeah. really, really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's Anyways. definitely something out. There's like just a one one more comment, and then we'll move on. Uh, the thing about me, and you probably know this really well with film, uh, is like with a show like you, there's a lot of action. There's murder, you know. So that's going to yeah. be like the eye popping stuff. And as guys, just girls are tend to be better listeners than us guys. We watch and we see. So. Mm. When we watch a show like you, we're focusing on the action and what's going on, but it's not until the second or third time we really focus on the dialogue. And I was, and I was kind of like you, like I, at the end of season one, I was like, what's so special about Marianne? But as I uh, listened more and more to the dialogue between him, Joe and Marianne, I see why he fell in love with her. And then yeah. I didn't know why Joe went to Paris. Right. You know, but I like, through watching it again, I found out Marianne lived there for a while. That's why she's able to speak French in that one scene. And she's, mm. she tells him that she lived in France for a while. So that's why he's looking for her in France, because he feels like she left the country or something. But I'll leave it at that. Yeah, great. Yeah, show. that's a great I'm theory. Glad you I'm glad you liked it, too. I know you weren't a big fan at the beginning, but 
I'm glad the second part really won you over, or really the well, last. Well, I would say, I I would say the beginning is what hooked me in because had the beginning been boring, I would have been like, okay, I'll just watch this because we're in Dallas. But the big, I he so here's okay, so real quick, I guess here's why I give it like a B. Um, the ending it was a bit repetitive, a bit rushed. It was innovative. I liked it. It was cool, and it was honestly like almost emotional. Like I felt so bad for love. Cause she yeah. like, you know, she finally escaped her demons. She found a husband and, and obviously knowing what we know now, this isn't true, but for, you know, for the time being, she found a husband that they're in love. They have a child. They live in a beautiful home in San Francisco in a beautiful suburb, a beautiful neighborhood. They have, you know, they're both very good looking people. They, they have money. Love's like, okay, I've beat my vices. I beat my demons. I, I finally can live a happy life. And you can, and the very last episode, she's, she's starting to cry and freak out because Joe took uh, Carrie's adrenaline that he left during, oh, during uh, episode eight, which we didn't get an episode eight, but cause I, I'm actually, I'm actually glad we didn't. If you are going to watch any episode of this season, watch episode eight. It is the funniest episode ever. It is <laughs> so funny and awkward and i loved every minute of it anyways <laughs> you and and you guys will understand when i say this carrie left his adrenaline joe took it that way he could beat the like the thing that, that makes you paralyzed yeah. yeah and like whatever love tried to do to him to paralyze him and, and when love finds out she's just trembling and her lips her lips are like shaking it's just oh it was so sad because it was like she she just wanted that life man and and joe just couldn't couldn't for lack of a better term, he, he just couldn't pull through for her. He just had to go on to the next thing and he just couldn't just settle down. Um, and, and, and so that was really sad to see almost emotional, almost made me tear up. I was like, man, I feel so bad for love. And she yeah. just wanted that life back that she finally thought she had. Yeah. And that and, Taylor and, Swift song really hit hard too. Wow. Yeah. Like he, Joe was like dressing the scene, you know? Oh, yeah, man, it was, that was tough. And then, uh, but that dinner scene was awesome. That's like, I'll never forget that dinner scene. And then back to what you're saying about Marianne, we kind of know he's into her because he even says it himself. He literally says it himself in like episode five, mommy issues. Oh, I'm in love with her because mommy issues. And it's like, okay, yeah, she's like a mommy. She's a mother. And she kind of treats Joe like a mommy at the, uh, at the library, like a mommy in the sense of like, Joe, you need to do this. You need to do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like kind of, you know, mothering. Um, And, and I really liked how we, had further knowledge of his mommy issues during the backlash or the uh, flashbacks of him at school getting picked on. And then he, he ended up killing his father for his mother. And, his, and the very last episode, his mother's like, I, I don't know. I just can't really be your mom anymore. And then that nurse uh, that like took care of him. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack with season three and, and we've been actually been doing pretty good on time. So I'm going to make sure we stay this way. And, and it is the finale, you know, but we want to, you know, we want to respect your time. There's a lot to unpack with season three. We've touched, and guys, we've honestly just touched the bare minimum. Like, there's so much more we could have talked about um, regarding season three, but like, that's kind of just our quick thoughts. Um, if I mean, if you guys, you guys, our most viewed episode is the Outer Bank season two episode, at least on uh, like we have an app and it gives us analytics, and that I I don't know if it uh render or if it knows our youtube views but it's, it, it is linked to our spotify as far as so as far as uh spotify goes our most watched or most listened to episode is the outer bank season two review 
when we reviewed that. So, you know, if pattern continues and you guys really love this U season three episode, we'll hit you guys with an even more detailed episode. We'll go deeper into the thoughts because it's all about you and no pun intended. It's all about you. Uh, <laughs> it's all about you guys though. Like this show's for y'all. We want to give y'all what you want to hear. So uh, yeah, but you season three, it's It's got a positive score from the both of us. Definitely not a negative score. Go check it out. Um, yeah. Your season three. Thank you, Brandon, for your thoughts. I really appreciate that. That was. Of course, I'm glad. Of course. Uh, glad I had a good knowledge of the uh, the show to back me up there. So, next is the French Dispatch, a Wes Anderson film uh, that just came out. I was able to get an, you know an early screening because it's not out yet in the U.S. of A. until the 28th uh, worldwide, at least, or not worldwide, but nationwide. Um, Wes Anderson, director of. Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. Grand Budapest Hotel, Isle of Dogs, uh, The Royal Tenenbaums with Ben Stiller. That's a good one. Well, it's a fun one. Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, Wes Anderson, fellow Houstonian over here, fellow Houstonian filmmaker, went to St. Thomas High School. That's where, uh, and he filmed one of his movies there, Rushmore. Um, how is his newest film? The French Dispatch, which is starring goodness, I I don't even I think it would take up the rest of the episode if I named the entire cast, but uh, Benicio del Toro, Adrian Brody, Francis McDormand, Ka- uh, Catherine Moss, Le Le Cidil, Le Cidil, however you pronounce it, I know it's French, uh, so you'll have to excuse me. I'm, I, that was my best uh, try at French. So uh, I know it was horrible. She was in No Time to Die, the main girl that was uh, in love with Bond in No Time to Die. Yep. Um, she's in that. I mean, goodness wow. gracious, like a lot of people <laughs> in this movie. Uh, Jeffrey Wright was in this film, like Willem Dafoe. I-, I could go on and on. The French Dispatch was loaded. Owen Wilson. I mean, okay, I- I'll stop. I'll stop. But this movie was just loaded with actors. And that is usually a recipe for disaster. <laughs> like a lot of those films that are loaded with actors usually flop. Um, the French Dispatch wasn't a flop by any means. I, I had a good time with the French Dispatch, but that's the most I can say is that I had the last a good duel, time. And the last duel didn't flop, and it had a lot of big actors in there. You know? Yeah, it had it had uh, about about four. Yeah, and four. this one has closer to ten. So. Oh yeah, if even like yeah, but. Yeah, good point. The last duel, I mean, it had just a handful of good actors, but still, like, that wasn't a flop at all. But yeah, French Dispatch, it, it was a good film. And that's the most I can say. It was a good film. You know, with with Wes Anderson, if you've ever seen Fantastic... I mean, it's hard. I don't even... It's like saying... Just defining Fantastic Mr. Fox as a Wes Anderson film is like defining The Dark Knight as a Christopher Nolan film. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's their film, but it's so much more than that. So I, I won't use Fantastic Mr. Fox as an, as an example of this, but Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, and Royal Tenenbaums. You know, Wes Anderson is known for his symmetry. Every shot is a, is a picture. Every shot is, is uh, the symmetry is just on point. Everything is so square, so perfect looking. Um, he shot this in a 16 by 5 aspect ratio. Um really beautiful he shot this in a really beautiful aspect ratio and then there were parts too he expanded that uh, a little bit to like maybe emphasize what he was saying so that was pretty cool too um 
Let me look right here. Yeah, four by three. So there was sometimes it was in a sixteen by nine, but mainly it was in a four by three aspect ratio, uh, which was super interesting. Awesome. Super awesome to see, um, which is more square for anyone that doesn't know. Um, so that was here with the so, first. Sorry, game. can you sorry can you repeat that again? So is it similar to the Justice League the way that was shot? Exactly. Okay. Cool. And Justice League might have even been like a little thinner. A little wider than four point four wow. and a four three aspect ratio, but like I don't know, Justice Justice League. Let me see, because uh, I think I think it was because I think their whole uh, thought of that is because like a lot of the heroes in the DC fly up and down, so that's mm-hmm. just they thought that was better with the aspect yeah. ratio to be shaped yeah, like it, that. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And it is in four three. I just looked it up. Um, if for some reason, I mean, that film is so big and grand, so it feels wider than four three. That film is huge. Um, but yeah, it isn't a four three aspect ratio. So, so, you know, so is every single one of Wes Anderson's films. Um, I think maybe besides Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox, because those are animated films. Um, how was the movie? How was the movie? I, you know, I keep kind of dancing around it. Thomas, just get to it. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to set you guys up because there's a lot you need to know before we go into this. Um, from us, so the movie and and th- I, this isn't a spoiler, but the movie is told in three stories. So there's uh oh Bill Murray, another another big star in this movie. Uh, Bill Murray is you know he's the guy he owns the French Dispatch and they send news uh newspaper stories to Kansas. Um, and he needs to get out three stories, right? And so he's got these people, these writers, he's trying to give three stories to. Um, and the first one is about Benicio del Toro and Leah Sedil. Uh, once again, forgive me if I'm butchering that. Um, and their love story about him being a painter in prison. Adrian Brody tries to hook him up with a big, you know, it's it's you know, it's your big shot. You can be a famous painter, but he doesn't really want that. Uh, Benicio del Toro doesn't really want that. And so they kind of get in a duel, and, it, and it's funny. It's just a little funny, little short snippet, uh, almost like a mini movie. Then the second one, you've got Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand. Um, in that one, and then that one's kind of about how Timothy Chalamet is just he wants to be a famous writer. Um, and he was he wrote a manifesto uh, during a uh, protest. And then the third one's about Jeffrey Wright and how he saved um, a kid. Uh, he was a cop and how he saved a kid um, in a very unique fashion, a kid that was kidnapped by uh, here we go. Uh, Edward Norton, another big star. <laughs> like this film just it just goes on and on. but um, so the the movie's told three stories. So, the first story. Uh, so yeah, the first story I gave a, I gave a B plus. I like the first story. Um, I really appreciated the cinematography in that one specifically, as well as the pacing. Second story with uh, Timothy Chalamet and his manifesto and wanted to be a writer during the protest. I gave a B plus. I'm a Timothy Chalamet sucker. Uh, so that was an easy, not an easy B plus, but you know, I wish it was better. And then the third one I gave, I gave a B cause it was just okay. Uh, the one with Jeffrey Wright being a cop, saving the boy, uh, from being kidnapped. And then I gave an overall, I gave this film an overall B cause it was okay. just okay. Um, what do you think could have been better? What could have put it at a minus in your opinion? Yeah. It's just storytelling, and that's the sad part with Wes Anderson films. And if you guys have me on Snapchat, I post about, posted this uh, my review yesterday that Wes Anderson films kind of just make up uh, what they lack for 
you know, and uh, and storytelling they make up with visuals. Now with this film, the visuals are dialed back a little bit. It's not it's not Wes Anderson's most visual film, and the storytelling is not dialed up or down. It's just kind of the same. And it's tough when you make a film as incredible as the Grand Budapest Hotel. It's kind of tough to you know top that. Um. Because I mean that's just a freaking film right there, visually and storytelling. Very fun film, but yeah, this film it, it it wasn't a bad film by any means. A B is a great rating. That's a great rating. Like that's a that's a really it was a fun night for me. The audience was really into it. They were laughing a lot. It was great. Um, but it's just not uh, Anderson's best. And if you're a director, you're trying to continue to make your best as well as make a good story, right? So. I wasn't upset at all that I went to go see it. In fact, I encourage others to go and see it. It was a great movie. It was a good movie. It was a good movie, but um, still not what I want from Wes. He's coming out with a new movie, though. Margot Robbie, I believe, is the lead of that film. Um, So we will see what happens there. But, you know, fellow Houstonian, I love him because he's from Houston, but just need a little bit more in the the uh, storytelling department. Here it is, you guys. Made season one so made is a netflix show this is going to be our last little segment here for uh for pop culture until we uh see in season three but made season one uh so this is another netflix special with margaret qualley she was in the movie once upon a time in hollywood if you've ever seen that one um she she's one of charles manson's like cult girls um how was how was uh how was made? It was awesome. They so in the Ooh. film so the show it's about it's about uh Margaret Qualley. She has a child. Her husband's you know he's he's abusive, and she she's in houses for a living, and she's just trying to live her best life. And so it shouldn't be interesting. Kind of a not a lame story, but just not one that's like oh that needs to be on TV, right? Because it's kind of like your typical average American these days. Um. But man, I found it to be incredible. Like what could go wrong went absolutely wrong. Um, oh, <laughs> and it it was it was a great show. Like if anyone's looking for just a deep dive of a show, we talk about cinematography, and it's there for this film because it's based, I believe, in Wash Washington, maybe Washington, Oregon, uh, maybe even Alaska too, but somewhere where it's really cold in the mountains. Um, if you guys need you know a show to watch on like a rainy sunday afternoon you gotta watch made it'll put you in your feels because it's just a real show it just keeps it real about uh how hard it is to be a single parent uh with an abusive ex-husband trying to just make the best life you can for your daughter um and your mom's a little crazy her mom in the show is has got mental health issues and She's just trying her best and everything seems to be going wrong. And once something goes right, you know, she gets hit with something that goes wrong. So anyways, it, this isn't as big of a, as a section of tonight, but uh, tonight's episode, I just really wanted to shout out made season one because it, it's an awesome show. Like it had me hooked. It had me sold and it shouldn't have had me sold because it's not, when you say it like that, it's not the most interesting story, but when, when you watch it, and, and and you gotta trust me here. When you watch it, it's incredible. Margaret Qualley, man, she's awesome. Um, so yeah, gotta check out Made. Great show, Netflix original. Um, and it's ranked so first is Squid Game, duh. Actually, no, first right now is a uh, You. It's the new season of You. 
Second is Squid Game, and then third is Made. So it's up there, you know. I hope it's getting recognition, but Made is incredible. Check it out. Great show, great cinematography, great acting, really awesome script, incredible writing. I love it. And, you know, sad to say it, but that is it. Last night in Soho, you, French Dispatch, and Made, and that's going to wrap up October. Um, I'm watching Antlers when that comes out. Uh, I believe that comes out this weekend in my area, which hopefully it does. I would be really blessed if it does. So I will be watching Antlers as well as Eternals, uh, I think. November 4th, I believe. Yeah, I think. And so I actually got an early screening invite to Eternals as well. Nice. Um, so I will have watched that early and I can, if you guys are want me to post that on the, on an Instagram story, let me know because that will be during our off week. But you know, and even when it's our off week, we're still putting in work. So, um, you know, there are films coming up that I am going to be watching during our break. There'll be a handful. Um, and Titan, like I watched Titan and that's probably my second favorite film of the year. It's a French film by Julia de, Corot, Julia DeCaro, uh, you have to excuse me. I know her first name's Julia. If you want a really W WTF is going on film, watch Titan. It's spelled like Titan with wow. an E at the end. It's on Amazon. It's not free on Amazon Prime, but you can pay you can rent it for like seven bucks. Titan, that's a freaking film. That film is incredible. So I am watching films behind the scenes. Um, so you you know, you guys are gonna get my input on a lot of that, I promise. Uh, but until then. I I love you guys. You know, season three is going to be so much better than season two and season four will be so much better than season three as we continue to improve our craft and give you guys the best quality and uh, with the best news, you know, possible. So um, really appreciate all that you guys have done for us as far as listening and being loyal, uh, especially in the pop culture section, you guys, you know, you guys have been letting me know how you feel about what we talk about. And I really appreciate that. So yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, and that's going to wrap up season two of pop culture. October is over. Um, so it's been fun, man. It's been a it, the month has definitely lived up to the hype. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, and that's, we're going to come back even stronger in November. So absolutely. Of, and a definitely a lot films. to look for. Definitely a lot to look forward to in pop culture in November. We got a few movies in there. Uh, maybe we'll cover uh, the Spider-Man movie. I, I, I don't know. I don't, Maybe that'll be season four. No idea. But, man, it's going to be a great month. And I think there's a lot of music coming out. So be expecting a lot more music talk mm-hmm. from us in this upcoming season. Yeah. But uh, give it up for Tommy. He did it incredible as always. And uh, just thankful here at Hot This Week. Just, again, just for y'all being such a great fan base and just listening to our thoughts thank you guys so much uh i'll just uh run a little quick spiel just to talk about what's coming up on thursday so tommy and i uh what kind of inspired the birth of this podcast is that tommy and i get in some uh i wouldn't call it arguments but debates over text over Mm. certain teams if they're good or not some of it is petty some of it's not mostly on my part but uh, we're going to be kind of incorporating that into next episode. So we'll do our usual, we'll do our picks, we'll do everything. But we're going to include a segment. Are the Lakers safe or not safe? 
that's what the topic's going to be. So that's going to be good. We all know how Tommy feels about LeBron and his Lakers. We all know how I feel. So it's going to be a great show. So stay tuned for that. Um, um, besides that, uh, college football had a good weekend. Uh, shocking loss for the Ravens. Not trying to rub that in, Tommy, but yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that was pretty shocking just to see how good the Bengals are. Because the yeah. Ravens will get, the Ravens will get another shot at the Bengals, like that's going to happen. Right, they'll get another shot. But man, you got to give it to these Bengals, man. They're turning things around really quick with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase now. So true. I am excited to, where, to see where that goes. We'll definitely talk about that later. And uh, uh, stay tuned at the end of. Um, or really our season finale for sports and just in general for season three. Uh, we're just going to give you all a little bit of something that's coming up new in season three or in the next couple weeks, it's something outside of our podcast. So stay tuned for that. But uh, that's going to be it for us tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, this was a great season finale. Definitely worth the wait. I'm glad we got four films in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our season finale so expect even greater things in season three we're very excited uh tommy any final thoughts uh nah man that's that's about it for me i just really appreciative of everyone who's listened and like there, there was a lot writing on this season as far as films go and i love how it lined up with uh the end of october being the end of our season because that would be really awkward if it ended like in the middle of october because we still had like so many great movies to go so uh, what i mean that's perfect timing we did not plan that by the way <laughs> you guys yeah, it just yeah. kind of fell into our lap so um yeah really couldn't really couldn't time that uh any more perfect but so much more films coming out this isn't the end of it it is the last you know big section but now we have these big films that are more spaced out um which could be a blessing as far as uh as far as the podcast goes, so they give you guys some time to breathe because we've just been hit. I've just been hitting you guys with just back to back film, 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 and rightfully so. And they've been great films, but uh, man, yeah, it's a little more spaced out now. And then, of course, I mean, whether you're a Marvel fan or not, you're going to be watching that Spider Man film in December. And of course, we are going to be covering that early. That will be out early. I will be reviewing that early um, for you guys because you guys know I want you, I want you guys to hear it here. Uh, hear it here first wow that was a mouthful um but without further ado you guys as always until season three my name is thomas hicks and brandon matula and we will see you guys tomorrow for sports bye and we're off